If you've ever struggled with self-care, you're not alone. Most of us have trouble putting ourselves on the front burner, putting ourselves first, especially if you work in a giving industry. If you're a giver, if you're a helper, if you're a caregiver, if you're someone who gives to others and makes others' lives better, we often are the ones that put ourselves on the back burner. But today we're going to focus on self-care or what I actually like to call self-commitment because I feel like a lot of us are so good at committing to other people, to other obligations, to other things. But then when it comes to committing to ourselves and keeping those commitments to ourselves, we kind of have a hard time doing that. We may end up putting ourselves on the sidelines, on the back burner, postponing what we feel like is good for us, and then sometimes never really getting to it. And that's not good for us. It's not good for our health physically. It's not good for our mental health. And ultimately, it's not a good representation of the value that we have and that we are. So in this series, we're going to be talking about different ways that we can look at self-care and how we can commit to ourselves by using different strategies. If self-care is kind of a foreign concept for you, or even if it's something that you're working on, some of these things might seem unrealistic, or you might even think to yourself, I don't know if I could do that on a regular basis. I feel selfish, or I feel like I'm not putting others' needs where they need to be. One thing I hope you will gain from this, from our time together is to realize that self-care is not selfish. There is a difference between self-care and self-commitment and being selfish. Being selfish is where we don't really care about others. We don't really care about others' needs above and beyond our own needs. Self-care is where we do care about others, but we also value ourselves enough to take care of what we need to do, especially if you're in the business world, when you're managing a lot of projects, a lot of people, a lot of responsibilities, it can be really easy to let the responsibility or the care of ourselves go so that we can meet all of the other demands. But hopefully after we have some time together through this series, you'll see that self-care, that you deserve that that it's not really that difficult. These are actually strategies that you're utilizing for others. It's just time to start utilizing them for yourself. So today we're going to talk about two different things that fit when we think about talking about self-care and I'm sort of a word guru, like I like to do wordplay and make acronyms and make words mean something else. So I'm actually using the words self-care in this series. And in each episode, we're going to go over two of the letters, S-E-L-F-C-A-R-E, so that each letter represents a different strategy that we can use or a different thought that we can keep in mind when we're thinking about our self-care. So today we're going to talk about setting solid boundaries, setting boundaries, but not just boundaries, but solid boundaries, boundaries that we are willing to commit to and to not negotiate away just because a client needs something from us or a family member needs something from us or something unexpected came up. These are all scenarios that we go through every day but we don't need to negate or negotiate away our boundaries. So let's talk a little bit about boundaries and what they are, or maybe sometimes what we think they are, but how we might be able to look at them a little bit differently. So when we're thinking about boundaries, a lot of times I think we think that a boundary is something that we set up to keep things away, to keep others away, to keep things at an arm's distance, to move out of the way somebody, something, some obligation. 
I like to think of boundaries, and that is true, but I like to think of boundaries as something that protects the value within that boundary. That's why we set a boundary in the first place. If you have an outside pet, an outside dog, you probably have some sort of physical or electrical fence to provide a boundary to protect the value and the safety of your dog, of your pet. Yes, it's also the boundary also works to keep things out, animals, neighbors, little kids, vehicles, or whatever. But the ultimate goal of that boundary is to protect the value of your animal. Same thing with our homes. We have doors. We have locks on our doors. The doors, yes, they are a boundary to keep things out of the house, whether it's weather elements or people, tree branches, whatever. But the ultimate goal of the doors of our houses are to keep protected the value of the contents within. So if we think about boundaries like that, when we go to set a boundary, it's not really being selfish. It's being responsible to the value that we possess within ourselves, within our mindset, within our thought process, within what we need for ourselves to function at our best level. So when we think about that, if we want to set a boundary with someone, it's not so much about saying, I don't want to deal with that person or I'm being selfish about what I need, regardless of what that person needs. It's more about saying, I need to protect my health. I need to protect my well-being. I need to protect my value so that I can then give the most value to the person who needs my time, to the obligation that I committed to. What happens is people sense whether or not we have boundaries in place. And they also sense whether or not those boundaries are solid or if they're negotiable, if they're kind of weak and easy to move around and people will push the boundaries. That's kind of where that phrase comes from. We push the boundaries as much or as little as we feel we can. Have you ever been driving in your car and you know what the speed limit sign says? It might say 55 miles an hour, 65 miles an hour. It might say 25 miles an hour, but you, I, we go faster than that boundary unless what? Unless we see there are pedestrians walking in our, in our view, or if we see a police car nearby, then we protect and we honor that boundary. But if the boundary seems loose, we might push that boundary. People are the same way with us. So one of the things we can think about when it comes to self-care and taking care of our own value is setting some solid boundaries. Again, this is not selfish. This is protecting your value so that when you go to reach out and support and be a part of and help somebody else, you can bring even more value to that because you honored and protected yourself. So how, what does that look like? Well, sometimes it looks like having to say no to some requests or to some commitments. And for a lot of us saying no is hard to do. That is why a lot of boundaries don't get made. That is why a lot of boundaries don't get kept. We don't always know how to say no. We feel bad saying no. So we say yes. One of the things we can think about as we're thinking about trying to set some boundaries for ourselves, for our time, our energy, our money, our commitments, our obligations, our energy, is to say no. When we say no, 
that no doesn't necessarily mean no to that person. That no actually means no because that does not protect and honor my value. And we don't always have to give a hard no. There are other ways to say no and still set a solid boundary. We can say, I can't do that right now. Can I have a little more time to think about it? I can't do that now, but I could do that next week. Not yet. That's another way to say no. Or what is the urgency of this? Ask some questions before we give our no so that we can see the urgency. And if then we know that it's not really urgent, then we know that we can say no. Even if it is urgent, if we can't feel like we can do it, we're still allowed to say no. We can say, I certainly understand the situation. I'm so sorry I'm not able to commit to that right now. Is there a way we could talk about this later? Or if not, I totally understand, but I appreciate the opportunity. I just can't commit to that now. Sometimes if we don't say no to obligations and other people, and we say yes to those things all the time, one thing that happens is people will begin to expect that we are going to say yes to everything. And when we start saying yes to everything, we end up saying no to ourselves. So we want to think about if setting boundaries is really important for us because it protects our value, but it also shares our value with other people in the sense that letting them know, I value myself enough to create this boundary. And what we also know in the back of our mind is if I don't create this boundary for myself, that person is not going to create the boundary for me. They are going to push the boundary because they don't think it exists or because they know that it can exist. So if you want to know a little bit more about setting boundaries, I do a lot of workshops on these for companies. I do a lot of sessions, coaching sessions for these for individuals. You can certainly message me, check out the information below, and we can have a further conversation about it. But this is really critical to our self-care is setting boundaries. Another strategy that we can use when we're looking at our self-care and how to protect our value and enhance our value is to look at what we are eating and how and if we are exercising. You know, we're coming when we come into a new year, when we come into a birthday, we always find ways and times of the year to set new goals, whether it's a quarterly goal, a yearly goal, a birthday goal. And a lot of times these revolve around our fitness and our nutrition. And they're great goals to have, and they're great concepts in our minds of things that we want to improve. Sometimes we just don't seem to get there. We tend to think that maybe we're not motivated. We tend to think that we just can't keep the momentum going. And there's a lot we can talk about, and we will talk about it another time, about motivation and momentum. But we want to think about one of the best ways that we can care for ourselves and create good, consistent self-care is to take a little bit of inventory about what we're eating and what we're doing to exercise. This doesn't mean we have to take a full overhaul of our habits, of our lifestyles, throw everything out of the fridge and the pantry and the cabinets and start brand new. It's just about looking at small shifts in what we're eating and why and how what we're eating impacts our value and our self-care. And then same for exercise. So for example, when we're thinking about eating, a lot of times we don't realize that our anxiety, our stress levels can all be enhanced by the foods we are or are not eating. This could be true when we look at proteins, carbs, and fats. We know, for example, that protein is a muscle builder. If we want to build our muscles and get strength gains in the gym, we definitely want to up our protein intake because that is what helps to repair and build our muscles. 
What we might not realize emotionally, protein is very important for our anxiety and stress levels. One thing that protein does is it actually serves to coat the nerve endings, which then helps create a sense of calm. So if you're ever nervous, if you ever are anxious before leading a presentation or having to get on an airplane to fly somewhere, or if you have kids and they get nervous before tests or things like that, something good to do is to add in a little extra protein as a way to enhance our ability to manage anxiety. Because as that protein comes in, not only does it build the muscles, but it coats the nerve endings, which then makes us less anxious and helps us calm down. Something else we want to think about in terms of like carbohydrates is what is our carb intake and what does it do? Carbohydrates are meant to give us energy. So if we're feeling depleted in our energy, if we've had an exhausting day or an exhausting week, we want to kind of look at our nutrition. Did we go for the fast food options that were high in fat and triglycerides and all the unhealthy things, and it's just kind of made us feel more sluggish and bogged us down? Or did we go for some healthier carb options of some of your whole grains and rice, you know, rice and pasta and breads, things like that, or veggies, things that really can enhance enhance not only our energy, but our immune system. So one of the things when we think about self-care physically and emotionally, which I don't always know that we think about the emotional side of this is what are we eating? What are we putting into our bodies? I like to think of it as our nutritional and our mental diet, because what we take in affects our mindset, affects our energy. Also, how we move our body in terms of exercise. What are we doing? Are we sitting most of the day because that's what our job or our requirements kind of call for? Are we moving the body around? Are we getting any of those natural um, endorphins and serotonin flowing? Are we getting some of that blood circulating better? Are we putting some emphasis on exercise or is this one of the things that tends to go by the wayside when it's time for us to do other things, to meet those other commitments? So we want to be thinking about balancing our sedentary time with some active time. It doesn't mean you have to go to the gym for an hour. It doesn't mean we have to commit X number of hours a week, but even five minutes of stretching and movement can bring that oxygen flow to the brain, open up the brain with more creativity, more critical thinking, more solution-focused thinking, having more control, feeling more control over the elements of our day. So if we can get into some routine exercise, see what fits for you. It might be more fitting for you to do something early morning, maybe just five to 10 minutes of stretching, maybe something like that. Maybe going to the gym in the middle of the day, at the end of the day, before the day starts, maybe going to the gym or getting a walk in two or three times a week, 10 to 15 minutes or even longer a week. If you look at conventional wisdom, you'll find a lot of different theories out there that talk about what's the best way to exercise and what's the most effective for our own self-care. The, the common thing seems to be saying, you know, three to five times a week, 20 minutes at a time. I think a lot of reason for that 20 minutes is because we want to get that heart rate up, really get that oxygen flowing to the brain and to the muscles that they desperately need for optimal functioning. And also to get that heart rate up into some fat burning range if we want to lose a little bit of weight. But really the self-care really comes down to we don't want to negotiate away eating well because of our stressful daily lives 
or exercising. We want to make sure that we are our most important appointment on our calendar for nourishment, nutrition, and fitness. This can look however it looks. It doesn't matter what it looks like. The most important thing is just that it is on the calendar and it is not negotiated away. I like to think about it as when we think about self-care, you are absolutely your most important client, contract, commitment, student, whatever it is. And you would never tell that most important client or student or contract, I don't have time for you today. I might not have time for you this week. Now that I'm looking back on the last 30 days, I really didn't have time for you at all. We know we would never do that in the business world. We can't afford to do that. Even more so, we can't afford to do that for ourselves. We have to place ourselves as the most valuable person, the most valuable commitment we have on our calendar. Again, that might sound selfish, conceited, arrogant. It might sound completely abnormal to your way of thinking, but whenever we negotiate away our value, others will negotiate our value away also. Yes, it may look like they value us, but once their need is higher and we won't accommodate it, they're not going to understand why because we always have, because we might not have had solid boundaries and we might not have really taken care of ourselves when we needed to eat or exercise or move a little bit. So when we're thinking about self-care and we're thinking about the word self, the S is setting solid boundaries. The E is eating well and exercising. And again, these we want to move our mindset away from, oh, I should be doing this or I should be doing that to I absolutely want to have to and must put myself in this front position of most value and most importance because then everything else I commit to, I will do a better job for those things. And more importantly, those things that I'm committing to, especially the people I'm committing to, will understand that I have self-care and that I care about my well-being as much as I care about theirs. A little caveat about that, and you may have experienced this, which makes us kind of gun shy for doing this for ourselves. Some people give us a hard time for having boundaries and for taking care of ourselves physically, nutritionally, all that. And the reason for that is if you look about it, look at the people that have been disrespectful about your boundaries, about you trying to have a boundary, trying to take care of you. The, the idea in my mind when that happens is they probably aren't having good boundaries themselves and they need you to fuel their needs more than yours. That is a form of disrespect. And I think one of the best boundaries we can set for ourselves in terms of self-care is respect, expecting respect from others. But even before that, expecting respect to ourselves from ourselves. Once we really buy into this idea that we deserve our own self-respect and we deserve to value ourselves, then we will find that we will more and more not allow those who disrespect us, those who disrespect our boundaries, and those who want every ounce of us. We will find more and more that we are able to manage that and be able to say no and be able to be responsible to ourselves and be able to serve those who really do respect what we need for ourselves because they know we are going to give our best when we give it.
because you deserve the best from you. And once you start giving yourself the best, you will give your even more of your best to others. And those who don't appreciate you expecting the best of yourselves probably don't need to be in your circle at this point in life anyway. All right, guys, I hope that's helpful. And I hope you'll find the other episodes that talk more about self-care, some of the other things we can look at. If you've enjoyed this, if you find that you struggle with self-care, setting boundaries, putting nutrition and exercise in a place of importance to you, I would love for you to check in with me. I would love for us to have a conversation about that. All right. Thanks so much. It was great to be with you today. And I appreciate you tuning in.